Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Some of you have described yourselves as religious refugees in spiritual recovery. All of us are likely unimpressed with rituals that feel empty to us. And prayers said by rote may be one of the biggest offenders. Well, friends, take a breath and fasten your seatbelts, because today one of the things I'm going to talk about is prayer. (laughs) If you were raised in any sort of Christian tradition, I suspect you know the words to the Lord's Prayer, also known as Our Father. Our congregation comes out of this Christian tradition, and the words are on the plaques at the back of this sanctuary they used to hang at the front some 150 years ago. You might love or hate the Lord's Prayer, but I bet you know the words. Now, not everyone in this meeting house today was raised Christian, and many of us do not identify as Christian today. Our contemporary Unitarian Universalist faith draws on many sources, and in each of our services, we seek wisdom from a variety of religious, spiritual, and ethical traditions. Now today, I want to share a story that will let you know why I'm talking about prayer. But to start, Let's get on the same page about what this prayer is. So if you know the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, I'm going to challenge you to go ahead and say it with me, out loud, just as you remember it. Can you do that? Let's go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. What just happened? Were we really just saying the same prayer? We had different tempos, different wording, and you past and present Catholics, us past and present Protestants, just left you behind in the dust on that last line. See, the Protestant version of the prayer, which says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, comes from an early Christian manual on morals and church practice. A little later than the biblical text. And another version of that same line of praise can also be found in the book of Chronicles, in the Hebrew Bible that both Christian and Jewish traditions hold sacred. The rest of the text to the Lord's Prayer, the 
part we more or less said the same, that comes from the book of Matthew in the Christian New Testament, though a shorter version of that same prayer can also be found in the book of Luke. Now this prayer that can be said in all these different ways is part of the famous Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is said to have given his greatest moral teachings. I grew up with the Protestant rendition of the Lord's Prayer that was said in my father's Presbyterian church each Sunday. I knew the words by heart, but they didn't have any special meaning for me. Then a few years ago, this prayer began to come alive for me. It came alive through the phrase, give us this day our daily bread. The Protestant and Christian versions of the Lord's Prayer, the text in the book of Matthew and the book of Luke, all say this petition, give us this day our daily bread. What is our daily bread? How does this bread nourish us, feed us? What is your daily bread? We can understand our daily bread as the bread of life, the bread that literally keeps us alive, the food that fuels our bodies. I found the bread of life, our daily bread, at Casa Catalina, a food pantry on the west side of Chicago. In the fall of 2008, I volunteered at Casa Catalina each Wednesday for their food distribution day. Each week, around 300 families would show up to receive bags full of food staples like rice, beans, canned fruits, frozen meat. Sometimes there were eggs or fresh vegetables. And each week, each of these families went home with a loaf of bread. Bread at Casa Catalina was the bread of life. There was bread for the body. And there was bread for the spirit, too the spirit of life that is found in community. You see, Casa Catalina had a devoted group of regular volunteers. There were the nuns from Catholic Charities that ran the food pantry, and they had lived and worked in that neighborhood for decades. And then there was a group of volunteers who had grown up in the neighborhood back when it had been an immigrant community for families of Eastern European descent. Since then, in the decades since then, many of those families had moved to the suburbs. And every Wednesday, a dependable handful would drive back to the neighborhood of their childhood in Chicago and spend a full day volunteering at this food pantry. Other volunteers currently lived in the neighborhood, which was now a Latin American immigrant neighborhood. And many of these volunteers both gave their time to Casa Catalina and received food from the food pantry. 
And finally, there were those of us volunteers who were students in the Chicago area looking to be involved in this city that was our home, even if only for a few years. And while we came from different backgrounds, for 10 hours each Wednesday, we formed a common community. In the morning, we would place food items into bags for families of various sizes. Around noon, we would sweep the floor and break for a potluck lunch. This diverse group of individuals, they knew each other, they cared about each other. And as we ate, they would ask about a sick relative or how a job interview had gone. They would joke and we would laugh. Then around 12.45, our lunch table would be cleared off and transformed into the registration table for those 300 families. Those guests from the community who had lined up for hours outside, ready to take home their rice and beans and bread. Before opening the doors to the food pantry, our group of volunteers would form a circle and hold hands. The nuns would center us, thank us for our work, pray for the community. And then we would say the Lord's Prayer. Some of the volunteers would recite it in Spanish and others would say it in English. In different languages, we spoke the same prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. What is our daily bread? With whom do we break bread? When do we arrive as a guest in need of nourishment asking for bread? And who do we welcome to our tables? Dorothy Day, one of the co-founders of the Catholic Worker Movement, once wrote, we cannot love God unless we love each other. And to love each other, we must know each other. In the breaking of bread, we are not alone anymore. She continues, heaven is a banquet and life is a banquet too. Even with a crust of bread, where there is companionship, love comes with community. Our daily bread is the bread of love shared in community. Love feeds us. Community feeds us. We are nourished by companionship. Companionship is the sharing of bread. Literally, the word companion means together with bread. From the Latin, come for together or with, and panis meaning bread. Together with bread. We are companions. 
And the words of the Lord's Prayer cry out a petition, give us this day our daily bread. Saying these words at Casa Catalina, I experienced myself as part of a community, a community of companions that had gathered to share bread, a community of companions that had gathered to share prayer. At Casa Catalina, food, community, and prayer all provided nourishment. They were all part of the bread of life. And standing in that circle of companions, I found myself speaking words that a great moral teacher may have once shared in a circle with his companions. I found myself praying the Lord's Prayer in a way that felt meaningful, powerful, necessary. Spirit of life. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us companionship. Give us connection. Give us that experience of community that lets us love one another, that lets us feed one another. We live in a world where we need to feed one another. Earlier in this service, we sang the line, hearts starve as well as bodies. Give us bread, but give us roses. Singing these words together, we are reminded that we need food for the body and sustenance for the spirit. And there is a story. There is a story behind the song as we come marching, marching a story of a community learning to break bread together, learning to feed one another. Almost 100 years ago, in January 1912, more than 20,000 laborers went on strike in the mill town of Lawrence, Massachusetts. Most of the workers were immigrants and the majority of them were women. The conditions in these textile factories in this mill town were quite simply horrific. Rents were high, homes were in poor conditions, the neighborhoods were congested, and the laborers, they suffered from malnutrition and work strain. 36% of mill workers died before the age of 25. In 1912, a change in laws had lowered the work week from 56 to 54 hours a week. In response, the mill owners lowered pay. And the workers of Lawrence went on strike in protest. With the support of union organizers, laborers undertook a public protest like none that had been seen before. There were marches and mass picketing. Organizing meetings were translated into 25 different languages. Supporters of the strike set up food kitchens and medical clinics. These workers created a world where they fed one another. The strike 
was infused with a spirit that both demanded and modeled change for that city of Lawrence, Massachusetts. For 10 weeks, people from different ethnic and religious backgrounds joined together as a common community to ask for an increase in wages and a shorter work week. And amongst the demands of those picketers, it is reported that a group of young women carried signs that read, we want bread, but we want roses too. The strike in Lawrence was successful. The demands of the workers were met. The story of the Lawrence textile strike is a story of struggle for bread, the bread we need to feed the body and to stay alive. And it is also a struggle, a story of the struggle for roses, the need to know ourselves and our communities as beautiful and dignified. What is your daily bread? What feeds your body and your heart? What draws you into community? What allows you to give and receive love? Is it the sharing of food, the sharing of prayer, the sharing of song? Is it the work to make soup, the work to organize for fair wages, the work of planting a garden? What is your daily bread? The banquet of life needs bread and roses. The banquet of life needs justice and beauty. The table we share as we break bread together is a table where every individual has worth and dignity. It is a table where even as we each speak different languages, we can hear one another's love. It is a table where we utter words of prayer or faith that sustain us and in so doing, hear one another's petition for a world that is just and good. Friends on the journey, let us make our daily bread the bread of life. Let us gather in companionship to give bread to one another, to receive bread from one another. May we break bread together, nourishing one another at the banquet of life, a banquet, a feast of love, beauty, and justice. May it be so forever and ever. Amen and blessed be.